it's always an honor to bring the word of God in any context and always thankful in this context as well. Sometimes we, we can feel a little bit like Elijah, that we're the only ones who seem to be concerned about spiritual matters and the kingdom of Christ. But we come on here, we see faces from different parts of the world, across our nation and across the continent, and we get encouraged that the Lord has his people all over the place with a burden for his kingdom. I'm turning your attention, beloved, today to Second Samuel chapter 18. Second Samuel chapter 18. And just about an hour ago, this text was floating around in my mind. I thought, well, maybe, maybe that's what I should bring today to you. So it was a little bit of a last-minute uh, assembly of some thoughts for you, but we trust we are in the center of the Lord's will and that the Lord will have a word for you. Second Samuel chapter 18 and I'm going to read just one verse. It's the final verse of that chapter. And here we're brought to one of the low points in David's experience. And the Word of God records for us in Second Samuel 18, verse 33. And the king was much moved, went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, thus he said, O oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would God I have died for thee, O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Let's pray. Lord, I simply ask, have a word for thy people today. Come, Lord, graciously. Maybe there's one person is really needing direction from thee. Make this word a word and season to them amidst the weariness of their condition at this present time. Blessed Holy Spirit, use this hour, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a quote here from Steve Jobs. Many of you know Steve Jobs was the really the architect behind the a gigantic uh, company, Apple, and he said on one occasion, people think focus means saying yes to the thing you've got to focus on, but that's not what it means at all. It means saying no to the hundred other good ideas that are there. You have to pick carefully. I've, I came across that some time ago and thought about how True it is in many areas of life. It's not really about understanding what, just what you're meant to do, but it's the ability to say no to things that seem important, but are not absolutely vital. And we need to remember this in prayer, in the place of prayer, especially in the place of corporate prayer. There are a hundred things to pray about, many names, many concerns, many burdens. But when you come together to pray, you have to learn to say no to what is good in order to focus upon what is vital. And the best prayer meetings I have ever been in, the most profitable seasons of prayer I have ever witnessed myself, have always had this sense of focus, not just in the body itself, but in each individual participating. They have a sense not just of all the things that are needed and all the concerns 
that's maybe presenting themselves in their lives. But there's, there's, there's this one thing. Everything may be important, but this thing is vital. And they kind of sweep away the temptation to deal with all the important things to focus on the vital thing. And in this text, we have David lamenting, of course, the death of his son, Absalom. And though it's not a prayer, obviously, in a real sense, there's not really any ability for him to petition for some change in the circumstances. Absalom's fate is sealed. It's done. There's nothing that can be done to correct or reverse the news that has come to David's ears. And yet it's instructive, I think. I think David's focus, David's feelings, David's experience here as it is recorded for us can help us even in the place of prayer as to the spirit and the focus that we ought to have in the place of prayer. So I want to just note very quickly with you a few things. First, vital prayer is personal. Vital prayer is personal. Here he laments, my son Absalom. And he is obviously feeling the weight of the news that has come to him. And we're told at the beginning of verse 33, the king was much moved, much moved. I'm sure he heard the news of the death of many individuals in any given battle, but this is personal. And prayer that makes a difference has this sense of the personal feeling about it. We have a responsibility to pray for many things, but in corporate prayer, often what moves us is what moves others even as we pray. It's what touches our hearts and causes us to be moved like the king. The king was much moved. That one thing that is upon your mind and heart over which you're much moved is the best thing to focus upon in the place of prayer, even corporate prayer. That which moves your affections, that which moves your passions, that which troubles you, that which distresses you, that which grieves you is what to focus on today. Secondly, vital prayer is valuable. He says, my son Absalom. You can't, you can't begin to in any way correlate importance when it comes to that feeling, that paternal or maternal feeling over your own children. That which is most valuable to you is often your own children. There's nothing more important to you in terms of the material or the relational aspects of our lives. And this is what moves us. We are moved over our children. We are moved over those with which we have family ties. And again, this, this often therefore directs how we should pray. We can pray for other people's children and other people's family, and, and that there's a place for that. But we have a limited season. Every corporate season is limited in time, and we want to give everyone an opportunity. And sometimes it's best just to think about it's mine. I can pray for my son in a way no one else can. And I can pray for my daughter in a way no one else can. And I can pray for my spouse or whatever it is. It's those individuals that are most valuable to me are not as valuable to others. I don't mean to say that other people aren't important. But there is, in God's creation, there is an, there's a reality too. The, the familial ties that we have with our families. We can't get away from, from that. God beds that in to the structure of his creation so that we feel the weight of our responsibility to our loved ones more than perhaps anyone else. In fact, scripture bears this out. If a man provides not for his own, he is worse than an infidel. He has a primary 
responsibility to his own, and then to the household of faith, and then beyond. And so God permits this sense of prioritization of our feelings and what is valuable. And so what moves us, what is valuable to us, therefore ought to be the focus of our prayers. And then thirdly, vital prayer is eternal. David laments here, would God I had died for thee, O Absalom, my son, my son. Now, some have discussed whether this is simply a lament of natural affection over Absalom, desiring, wishing that he could have lived longer in this life rather than himself. And others, of course, have discussed the David's sense of his son's soul being utterly lost. And David really expressing here something that we find other men of God expressing, such as what we have in the life of Moses, when he we are told in Exodus 32, verse 31, Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book, which thou hast written. And Moses there interposes. He says, I would rather suffer rather than them. If I could impose the suffering upon me rather than them, then I would. The same language used by Paul in Romans 9 verses 1 and following, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. But such is the burden in terms of the eternal, that a man feels himself willing and ready to suffer even the eternal consequences on behalf of those that he loves and feels weighing upon his soul. And, and that may be what David's really saying here, that would God I had died for thee, would God I had died in your place, would God I had suffered rather than you, this sense of the eternal, the weight of the eternal coming upon the soul. Beloved, if I could just help you, guide you, even for today in our place of prayer, to focus on those things that are personal and most valuable and really eternal, like these are eternal matters. People are sick, people are ill, those things have their place, and we should pray, but, but if there's a general focus, an overarching theme that people are perishing, these people we know are going to hell, we need to see God rescue them and have this burden for what they're facing, to just remember that once in hell, that is it. There's no change. There's no, there's a great gulf fix, there's no transfer, there's no opportunity to get out of that place of eternal suffering so that that i think helps focus our primary burdens when we come together these things that are not just important but utterly vital are the way that we should pray together may the lord bless his word